my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So it is May. May is such a lovely month. I feel like, you know, it's spring. It's a month that typically is about new birth and love and all that stuff. So I'm really excited that this is a month that we are going to talk about couples. Yes, 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 yes. So finally, those of you who have been like listening and like getting a lot of stuff and you're in partnerships and relationships and marriages, I get your DMs, I get your emails. We've talked um, and you are still getting a lot of really, really great support even though I really tailor a lot of the information I give towards single women. And I love that because you're able to see yourself. You're able to, able to see that you have your own identity and you have your own place and you have your own accountability when it comes to healing yourself and bringing your best self into your relationship. That is awesome and amazing. And for this month, I'm going to spend time talking about issues that are distinct in particular to coupleships. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So I think this is really going to be helpful for everybody across the board, including people who are listening to this who may potentially want to be in a relationship if you are single. And even if you don't want to be in a relationship, especially what I'm going to talk about today is really going to break down different ways that communication breaks down in any type of relationship, but particularly in committed romantic relationships, but you can apply it across the board. So before I get into that, um, this podcast is coming out a few days before Mother's Day. So Mother's Day is the Sunday that follows. And as you know, I have been doing our Saturday night lives in case you don't know what that is. Um, every week I've been going live on a Saturday night to help those of us who may be feeling a little bit sad, a little bit withdrawn. I'm feeling like, um, a little bit of stir craziness over the weekends, um, to have something to go to, to attend that is really about uplifting and focusing on yourself and connecting with other people. So I've been doing that on Saturday nights. Um, we are actually going to be, um, closing that down. I'm going to tell you why in a second. Um, but, um, my Saturday, the 16th is our last one. And, um, they've been free masterclasses and webinars or just lives, um, just done on a Saturday night and also done on a webinar platform because I get feedback that not everybody is active on social media. So, uh, we were doing that over our webinar platform, but that's not the point of what I'm saying. The point is Mother's Day is a few days away. 
And so this Saturday, this coming Saturday, is the versus battle between Jill Scott and Erica Badu. And I will be trying my hardest to make sure that I'm in that room. Hopefully the internet does not crap out or Instagram doesn't try to pull something funny because, you know, with Babyface and Teddy Riley, it was 4 million people. Not everybody could get in. Um, so hopefully Instagram doesn't try to pull a switcheroo or something, but I plan on attending. So I told all the ladies last week, I'm going to be there. And they had already planned, I'm assuming some of them to not be there as well because they knew exactly what I was about to start talking about. So at first I was like, okay, am I going to cancel this? But then I realized the next day would be Mother's Day and that this is a time that a lot of people can be feeling triggered. You know, our mother relationship is our first relationship, even if she ended up not being there in our life or being physically present, but emotionally absent, no matter what, she was the first connection that we had or disconnection that could be part of our trauma as well. And so Mother's Day can mean a lot of things for people or mean absolutely nothing because of the disappointment and detachment that you've had. I mean, it's, it's all over the place or a lot of joy or even confusion because um, maybe your relationship with your mother started off very um, conflictual. But then as you've grown up, become an adult, maybe she's done her own healing work. You've now become very close and very best friends. And so how do you navigate the pain that was legitimate in there and also the positivity that you have right now um, as an adult woman. So with all that said, I'm hosting a special mini workshop um, titled Healing Our Mother Wounds. So um, it's going to be different than my lives. It's going to be an actual real class. Um, it's going to be an actual real like mini workshop class experience that I'm going to be breaking down what this relationship means for us how we can take care of ourselves and create a safety plan and emotional care plan over this weekend. We're going to talk about release ceremonies um, and just do the best that we can to, um, in one evening, help you feel seen, safe, and at least equipped to go into the weekend in case this is a hard time for you. Um, and hopefully to give you some tools that will last past this weekend. So if you are interested in that, you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash Mother's Day. Um, it'll be open for you to register until about two hours before. Again, it's going to be this Friday, May 8th at 6.30 p.m. CST. Um, so by 4.30 p.m. CST, I'm cutting off um, the sign up. Um, so if you hear this and you're like, oh, I need that, stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing on the treadmill. Um, sit up <laughs> from your bed and go ahead and register um, because you will forget. If you're like me, you're going to forget. Um, and I don't want you to miss out. So there's that. And the last announcement before we jump into this couple work is this fall, we are having a Black Girls Heal conference. So I have um, tried to do some events before and they haven't worked out. And then Rona hit this year. So I was like, really? Is that what's really happening? And so, but we're still going to have one, um, but we're going to have one online. So we are going to have it as an actual conference. So as an actual conference with breakout sessions, with conference swag, with um, special access and a lot of really great things that I'm very excited about. Um, the tentative date is November the 14th. Um, and I will give you more details about that, um, later, but, um, the theme is the formula of self love. 
Um, you know, I have talked about one of my frustrations in my healing journey is people would say, you should just love yourself. Um, just do it. Like, it's not that hard. Just do it. And um, I was like, well, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, I don't get it. And so, of course, I talk about and I put all this stuff together in my main course. But um, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it was also kind of a year or so ago. Um, I was like just kind of breaking everything down and like thinking of different concepts and things to teach. And it came to me, I was like, oh, this is the formula for self-love. You put this together, this together, this together, and this together, and this is what it is. And so I've never taught this before. Um, none of my students know what I, <laughs> what I plan to teach at this, um, at this workshop, at this day-long um, um, workshop that will happen during our conference. Um, but that is the theme and we're going to have lots of other speakers coming in talking about, um, other concepts of self-love. So I have a financial professional coming in talking about building our financial peace and not giving into debt, um, or giving into, um, poor, um, financial practices as a means of self-love. A lot of us have some money trauma and things that we need to work through. Um, I have someone else coming in talking about balance and learning how to, um, figure out um, how to keep your priorities into place. Um, I just have a lot of really great people coming. So, so I'm excited for that. So just go ahead and keep listening to this. I will let you know when the doors open. They will be opening very soon. That is why the Saturday Night Lives will be ending um, on May 16th because I need to put my energy and my focus into um, making sure this conference is the best that it can be. Um, and um, that is a better use of my time in my opinion because i go live in so many other places and there are a lot of other um, ways that i serve our community so um that is what um that's why we're ending so we're ending because something bigger is starting so it's going to be so great so just stay tuned for that okay so that is it for our announcements let's go ahead and jump right in so these surveys that I ask y'all to do are really important because I actually read every single one of them. Um, and I like put them together and I have a spreadsheet and I have a list. And I'm like, I could talk about this and this and this. And so several months ago, I put out um, on the podcast and also in my newsletter, I said, can you, if you're in a coupleship with a actually long-term committed coupleship, whether it's that long-term for you is um, a year or so or 20 years or whatever it may be, um, but if you're in a coupleship, what are some of the things that you are experiencing? What are some things that, um, you're hitting up against? And so one of the things of course is learning how to communicate what you need. So, um, I go into more depth with this in our couples course. So, um, we have the black girls heal recovery school, which is my online recovery program that helps women heal from any and all the symptoms of love addiction, love avoidance, love anorexia. Um, there's some unresolved trauma work, improving your self love and learning how to actually connect and build healthy friendships, healthy romantic relationships, redefine your relationship with your family is really cool. And there's different tracks. And so depending on what is the main reason that you are needing extra support, whether or not you're in therapy and things are cool, things are nice. You like your therapist, but you need some extra support, um, to make, um, quicker, more, um, substantial movement. 
there's that for you or if you currently don't have any support um, this has really been doing wonders for my students as well but there is a track that is for couples and so and so because I go deeper into showing up for yourself and communicating what you need in a way that is not threatening in the course, I wanted to pull out something that um, I don't actually go into too much depth about in, in the program, but I know, I know, I know is going to be super impactful for y'all. And I'm going to go over four things that are breaking up your coupleship or your relationship right now. And I'm pulling this directly from the work of John Gottman. If you don't know who that is, he is a super famous couples therapist and researcher who, um, in short, has a lab up, I think it's in the Seattle area, where he will literally observe couples and um, do couples therapy with his wife. And he has cracked this down to science so that he can watch a couple for a few days and be able to tell um, in true statistical research form whether or not that couple will dissolve or whether or not that couple will make it. And he and his wife are always right because of the research that they put into it. And what I'm about to share with you are four signs that a couple may be in trouble. And so um, let me make this clear before I start. Um, they will watch and their research shows that it's not that there is such a thing as a perfect couple that never fights and never has a disagreement and always talks with an even tone of voice and always uses I statements and I feel X when you do Y. But there's more things about whether or not there's a repair attempt. There's other things about how they communicate, what it looks like during the fight, after the fight that I'm not going to get into here. But these four signs are so common and they're so connected to our trauma response that I wanted to give you a clear correlation to if these things happen, it may be more about you than about what he or she just said or did to you. And if that's the case, it is your responsibility to look at how do I fix this for myself instead of projecting this onto them, right? Because you could be looking for them to say the right thing or do the right thing. And even if they say or do it, you're still going to be in your feelings because you reacted in one of the following ways because of your own stuff, not because of them, because of your own reflexive trauma response or the dysfunctional ways that you learn how to be in relationships, either by watching somebody else or, um, um, your own defense mechanisms that you had to grow as you, as you came up in the world. So let's go ahead and start to unpack that now. So if you do not have a pen or a piece of paper, I need you to go and get a pen or a piece of paper. And what I want you to do, I'm going to tell you the instructions ahead of time for each one of these four. I want you to write, okay, number one, Sheena said this. And then as I'm talking, I want you to write down, okay, this is a time that I've done this, and this is a time that I've done this, and this is another time, and what I could have done is this. And I want you to start putting this stuff down because if, if, if you are the person or if you are a person that needs to hear this podcast today, you're going to have a lot of thoughts and you're going to have a lot of um, insights. And um, if you have so much of it, what could happen is even though you're not meaning to, you will forget 
to uh, forget some of the points that came to mind. Um, or you will forget everything afterwards. <laughs> so I want you to actually have something tangible you can use to transform and change your life. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, so pulling directly from the work of John Gottman. Um, he has lots of really great books that you can um, get yourself. Um, and I'll go ahead and tell you where to get those books at um, at the end of this. But the first... The first um, one I want to talk about, the first sign, and he calls them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, and he talks about it um, because these are the things that can foreshadow doom and gloom in your relationship, in case you wanted to Google this after you're done listening to this podcast. But the first horseman is criticism. So criticism is different than when you have a complaint about your partner. Okay. The first the criticizing is an attack on the person's um, character and their identity as a whole. You are such a fill in the blank. It makes an assumption about who they are. It makes an assumption that they are selfish, that they're stupid, that they're worthless, that um, they're a liar, that they are all of these things. And when you make that assumption about that person, it doesn't give any room for growth. Also, because it's so hurtful, it will also put them on the defensive. So either they are going to rage back or respond back with defensiveness and not be able to hear the heart of what is probably your complaint, which is probably based on your emotions, probably based on your feelings um, that you feel like betrayed or hurt or ignored. And that's why you're saying what you're saying. They can't hear that because you have just attacked their identity and who they are as a person. So criticism is different than a complaint. Okay. A complaint is, um, where you can talk about your emotions and talk about what, um, what part of this hurt your feelings. And it might even have a request for them to do something differently the next time. So a running joke that, um, is not really a joke. But um, a running thing that I will like give an example about on my Insta stories on Black Girls Heal, um, if I ever give a personal examples, I will talk about how one thing me and my husband get into is when he eats my food. It just makes me mad. <laughs> and, when, and I think most couples can relate to like something that like is small, but still like stop doing it. Um, and so if I found out that my husband ate the last cookie on the stove because that's where we, when we bake our cookies, we put them on the stove and just, you know, come and come back and forth to them throughout the day. Um, if he ate that last cookie on the stove that I knew was for me and I said, you are so selfish. You are only think about yourself. And I just went in on him. Um, that is more of a criticism. And especially if this is how I interact and give feedback to my partner all of the time, all the time that tears somebody down and makes them not have the energy to want to put into work and move forward. And you're thinking, well, they should probably, this should probably motivate them so that if they really love me, then they wouldn't want me to be unhappy. But no, you've actually torn this person down and taken away their willpower and their strength. Connecting this to our trauma, because this is Black Girls Heal. The reason why many of us speak in a critical tone, and this is our, our common and first language for many of us, is because this is what we saw growing up. We probably came from homes that were very rigid, maybe very harsh or judgmental. 
maybe they have very black and white thinking. It's either all good or it's all bad. Um, houses that commanded excellence and you do it and you do it right. And when, it, when you come from those type of environments, um, they are typically fueled by being very critical and using that as the motivation. So you do right. And then I praise you, you do what I'm asking you to do. And then I will accept you. And if you don't, I will shun you and I will either shun you physically, or I'm going to let you know with my words, how disappointed I am with you. Um, and there's not really any grace and like, I still love you, even though you made this mistake, which is why that's coming out in your partnership, which is why the criticism is your go-to language. Um, sometimes we're not aware of this. Um, for those of us who identify with the love addiction and love avoidance um, dialect, when we are in our love addiction state and we are with someone who's unavailable, that typically triggers us to be the love addict. So like, it's hard for us to let go. It's hard for us to say no. It's hard for us to create um, some, some actual real boundaries. With them, we typically don't criticize at all, right? Because we're so, so desiring them to accept us and save us and love us and don't leave us and fix and fix them and focus on them and change me to make the relationship better that um, we kind of lose the, the ability to criticize. And then we'll go into other relationships with someone who's either healthy and showing up for themselves or someone who may be a love addict themselves um, and so they're taking a whole lot of abuse from you that they shouldn't. So kind of think about it this way. Many of us are probably in relationships with people who talked to us and did things to us that we had no business staying there. Like we should have left, like it was too much. And now we're the ones who's doing that to the person that we're in a relationship with. Right. Um, and so all this is, is that in a place that it felt like you had more power and strength, you slipped into, um, what was already there. And, um, I'm giving this example because sometimes what messes us up in coupleships is we will compare. We will say, well, this relationship isn't working out because with this other person, this is how it looks like. But here, this is what it looked like. But that's not, that's not why it's not working out. It's not working out because depending on the person that you're with, their attachment style and how they show up, your trauma response is the one that's switching. That's why you are nicer with this person, but you're not as nice with this person because this person will actually want to see you and be vulnerable and be open to you. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. 
Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And that's scary. So you got to do all this crazy stuff in the middle that will keep some distance between you. Okay. Okay. So that's in the first one. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Next one in the four horsemen is contempt. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay. So contempt. When we communicate in this state, we are actually um, feeling some disgust. So this is where like you just kind of look at them with like, um, you are just like idiotic or stupid or so unattractive and like we have this almost resentment that we're in a relationship with them so we might treat them with disrespect we might um like i said call them names we might roll our eyes all the time be sarcastic but we just like can't stand them it's as if we hate them this goes far much more farther than criticism so this could be something that we either say out loud or we just communicate with our um with our body language. So, um, if you watch, I don't watch this show, but I watch other people's stories and I, and I, I'm realizing that that's how I'm getting like a lot of my like reality TV fix. Um, it's cause I watch other people who watch reality TV. So does that mean I like reality TV? Am I in denial? I don't know. I don't think I do, but maybe I do. I don't know. But the 90, the show 90 day fiance I'm watching, I follow someone who's like watching it right now. And there's the story between Rose and Big Ed. Um, yeah, his name is Big Ed. If you are not familiar with this, on this show, two people have 90 days to figure out if they're going to get married. And from what I can gather from the Insta story, um, typically it's people who are um, marrying someone who's an immigrant. And so they're trying to see like if the love is real or not. And so Rose is dating slash engaged to this guy named Big Ed who is just like a really a not good person. I'm not going to get into it, but he's like a really bad person. 
and she is constantly looking at him with like um, faces of disgust. Like he talks and like her, her lip is snarled. Like she's just looking down at him. She calls him ugly in her native language. Um, before you say, oh, poor Ed, um, you haven't watched the show. He's, he's a really, he's not a good person. Um, so at least so far in what I've seen. So those type of things that kind of create distance. So if you're in a partnership where you are, um, having a lot of contempt towards this, towards this person, then that is creating a lot of discord in your relationship. In fact, this is the strongest of the four contempt. If there is contempt, regular contempt in your relationship, it is the strongest predictor of divorce. Okay. So where does contempt come from? Contempt comes from um, a couple of things when it comes to our trauma. So, um, in the healed and loved woman, um, which is one of the courses in the black girls Hill recovery school, um, some of you know this because this is something that I open up at the end of every year to kind of do, um, uh, beginning of the year, um, healing place where you're focusing on healing your unresolved trauma, improving your relationship with yourself and building your self-love is purely just for you and not with all the other relationship stuff in there. And so I'll talk about, um, in that course, the different types of self-esteem and I talk about fake self-esteem. And one of the fake types of self-esteem is ego, um, ego and pride. And where does that come from? Because some of us come from backgrounds where our trauma is being um, discarded or dismissed or ignored or neglected or whatever it may be, whatever combination is for you. One of the ways that we can cope and kind of build this protective layer is building fake esteem that's based in ego. So anytime we feel threatened, we may shift into how you're better than the person who is talking to you. For example, let me just step out of the couple's dynamic for a second. If you walk into a room and you base a lot of your value on how you look physically and there's someone else in the room who's really pretty and you can't see anything in her physical and her face or anything that looks bad, but you might start looking down, looking all over her body and then look down and notice her toes and be like, her toes ain't even that cute. Like she could have got them redone before she came. And now all of a sudden, at first you had a high level of threat. You had a lot of um, anxiety, but once you found something that you had over on her, then it was safe for her to be another pretty girl in the room. And it didn't take away from your value, right? You can do the same thing for intelligence. You can say, do the same thing for money. You can do the same thing in some other places of competition, but that fake esteem that is built on looking down on the other person as a defense mechanism. When it comes to contempt, and of course I'm talking about, um, healthy relationships, you know, um, the course that I help people with and all that, if you're dysfunctional, if you are with an unavailable person and if it's not meant to work, like really, um, working yourself is not the best first step for you. Um, but I'm talking about in a healthy coupleship. So as if you have started to build, build contempt for your partner who in every other way is good for you, but you have some resentment towards him, um, or her, whoever it may be. If you're in a healthy coupleship nine times out of 10, even if there are some things that have made you have some, um, hurt feelings about that have kind of built up on top of each other, your work is because you probably have some pride and some ego that you probably default to in a lot of other areas. 
So it's probably easy for you to um, build up this contempt as well, because you probably over time, every time you were hurt, every time something happened, you went to that, that feeling of disgust or pride or ego, or you were so much evolved or so much better than she or he is. Also related to that, um, probably were you, have you been communicating what you actually wanted or were you doing what's I'm about to talk about next, the last two, you could have been doing one of the next two things, um, which I'm just going to tell you the words for them. They're withdrawing, which is what it sounds like and stonewalling, which is shutting down. So have you been doing that, which has created this atmosphere where you feel like you're not getting what you want. And so you go to your default position. So it is just like, it sounds like when you are triggered in your relationship, the next horseman is when you shut down. When you withdraw from the interaction, you get quiet, you just stop talking. When you may, might leave, um, turning away from them, acting busy, um, doing whatever you can to show that you are not engaging with them. Um, so again, this also um, erodes the trust. Now, the reason why we get this, I'm going to jump right into the trauma. The reason why we do this when it comes to our trauma work is because we are so flooded with our own emotion. Like we've been triggered, we've been hurt. And so sometimes it is just hard for us to engage because our bodies, our minds, our spirit goes straight into our trauma response um, to protect us, right? So we close up. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of what that animal, I think it's like a plant, but there's some plant that whenever it gets like really scared or you get close to it, it, um, it closes its buds and it gets really small to try to detract um, attention and protect its most in most parts. And that's kind of what we do as well. Also related to our trauma and modeling, maybe we didn't have good um, models of this. Maybe this is what we saw in the relationships um, that were around us at first. Maybe no one really communicated their feelings in general. A lot of times what I find with the women that I work with is they don't even know that this is an issue at all. Like some of us just are straight. Um, and I don't mean this in like the negative connotation that this word is usually say it, said with, but like we're just ignorant. Like we just are unaware that what we are doing is dismantling our relationship and working against us and working against the other person. Um, and also, especially if we grew up in households where this happened a lot, people shutting down, not talking and all that other stuff, we can also, um, minimize the impact of it, right? We can say we can minimize it because we got through it. Like this is what, this is a Sunday afternoon at my mama's house. So like, let's just, I mean, why, why is this such a big deal? We're talking now, or you're not really that mad. Like all the ways that we might try to dismiss the experience of the other person, um, which again, is not going to help your coupleship. If you, if you're coming from a place where your feelings, when you are hurt are more important than your partners, like your partner has emotions and feelings, whether or not you're in a relationship with a woman or a man, they have their own feelings and emotions as well. And you have to be open to hear them and respect them. And some of us don't know how to do both. And so that is um, a big part of our work whenever we are doing couple, couple relationship work. Okay. And the last horseman is defensiveness. So um, I kind of gave an example of it just now, but we all know what defensiveness is, but it is when you're responding to criticism in a way that deflects or um, obviously defends 
um, whatever the person is trying to say to you or the feedback that they are trying to give you. So you feel like it's not fair. You feel like it doesn't make sense, or you just don't want to accept it because you want to win. Or even if you did do something wrong is definitely not as bad as what they did wrong. So we got to focus on you. Um, so this strategy never really works. Um, if anything, it just escalates the fight or, If you're really good at what you do, you're beating down your partner to just acquiesce and go along with what you want. And um, they're not actually building the voice. You're not building trust. You're not building that intimate connection that you need. I kind of already talked about how this might show up in trauma and my explanations of the other three. But basically, you know, based on what we've gone through, if we constantly have an onslaught of insults or people challenging our worth or making us have to prove ourselves or neglecting us, um, we create our own little walls as little girls. And it's just how we have to get through the world. We have to build a filter. Otherwise, if we take everything in, we're not going to make it, right? And so one of those filters can be defensiveness. And that is a trauma that we have to heal as well. Okay. So these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. If these are things that are regularly happening, happening in your relationship, and you should have a list in front of you to to show you, um, then they need to change. And so, yes, you can go and make amends and apologize and say, I listened to this podcast and this is what's been happening. And I realize it and I understand. And you need to, yes, do that. And you actually have to make changes. You actually have to move forward. So um, we there's a couple of options for you. There is, you can get one of John Gottman's books. They are really good for kind of breaking down these concepts even more. I just created a little Amazon store because I'm also getting a lot of DMs about what books do you recommend and all that stuff. And I might um, start writing a book next year. So hopefully I can add my, my, my book to it, but I ain't there right now. Um, so for now you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash Amazon and it'll take you directly to the black girls heal store and you can just find all the books that I recommend and I'll just be adding more things to that regularly as I have more topics that, um, people can take deep dives in if there is a book I recommend, but yeah, I would just say because John Gottman has several books for you to do what we all do. We look at the summaries, we look at the reviews, we look at the table of content and see what stands out to you. But it has, he has really great stuff for you to check out. If you're wanting to work on those type of concepts, plus go deeper and work on that trauma stuff and get direct coaching on how to work on your side of the street. Um, we can do that in the black girls Hill recovery school as well. Um, and you can go to the recovery school.com to learn more about joining. Um, We are now enrolling new students. And so it is open for you. If, if you are in a very toxic coupleship, or if you're in a very dysfunctional coupleship, or even if you are in a coupleship with a healthy person, um, I actually say in the course that I still recommend couples therapy. You know, once you shift into um, being in a committed partnership, We have to learn how to be vulnerable and let someone completely into our lives. And so, yes, there's a responsibility of doing your own work, but there is no, no, no replacement for you actually going to a couple's coach together or a couple's therapist together, whoever that that may be. But I have the other resources that I mentioned, but I strongly suggest for you to go to your own. And if your partner is not open to it, you can go ahead and start your own work with what I mentioned already in this episode. Okay. So that is it for today. 
Hopefully it was helpful. Share this with somebody who needs it. Share those links that I mentioned before with someone who needs it. The Mother's Day workshop. Again, um, don't forget, you probably forgot in case you were interested. So go ahead and sign up now by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash Mother's Day. And um, yeah, I hope that all these resources this episode have been helpful. I will see you in the next one. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.